Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the 2-5 New York Giants are coming off a big win over the Washington Commanders, and they're looking ahead to Week 8, where they will be facing the New York Jets in the MetLife Bowl, but looking past that even further, you have the NFL trade deadline coming up. Now, the Giants at 2-5, some believe that they should be sellers at the deadline, trading away some of their best players, their most valuable assets. Plenty of names have come up in the discussions from fans over who the New York Giants should consider trading, and the number one name that got brought up for the past few weeks was running back Saquon Barkley. But now Saquon Barkley said he doesn't want to be traded, and the New York Giants are reportedly not planning on trading Saquon Barkley away this season. So we're going to go ahead and discuss whether or not we think that's the right decision for the New York Giants, and what we think they could get for Saquon Barkley if they decided to go ahead and try and trade him, which, again, they're planning on not doing this season. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section if you're listening on apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants without further ado alex how are you doing today my friend and what are your thoughts on the giants making the decision to not trade away saquon barkley this season well i'm doing pretty well and there is a real conversation to have about this and I think that 99% of people are going to say they don't want to trade Saquon and I completely understand why um, you see him you know the second he's healthy and back in this offense the unit looks different it looks like they have some life looks like they have some gusto and the truth is, is that the team is better with him on it you know that's that's the truth but at the same time my this is my biggest concern and this has nothing to do with Saquon at all this has everything to do with how the Giants have set up their offense um, and the truth is is that the Giants have relied far too much on the running back position to save their asses. Um, That is an unsustainable strategy. In fact, it's probably what has gotten them to this point aside from the offensive line falling apart. Saquon Barkley makes the freaking train go. He is the coal in the fire. Um, But at the end of the day, offensive line and the passing game should be the coal to the fire. And Saquon Barkley should be the last piece to the puzzle, right? He should be, I don't know, the booster, like the Jets, like the booster Jets on an airplane, on a fighter jet or whatever it might be or on a car um you know he should be the the last thing the guy that boosts it to an even higher level or even higher octane he should not be the one that fuels the entire offense's productions um so that's where i get a little bit concerned about the future of this offense is that i don't think we've properly built it so, so that we are leaning on the proper things that need to be you performing at high levels, right? The offensive line needs to be needs to be solid at the very least, and then the wide receivers have to be good. And I think Darren Waller is still more than capable of being a really solid option. Wandell's looking like he's coming on pretty well. Jalen Hyatt's been having a couple good games. I'm pretty optimistic about this group of players, and I think we could add one more, you know, receiver, whether it be someone like a WR one to replace Darren Waller. Maybe you add it in addition to Darren Waller. There is a couple options to consider next free agency, but you know we're kind of far from that right now. So Saquon Barkley. He's an asset, right? Like if you're if you're in a situation where your passing game is solid, your offensive line's solid, you're doing well, you have a running back who's performing well, but you know he's not really there. He, you know he's good, but he's not great. Um, Saquon Barkley is like the last piece to the puzzle you put into place, so that way you take your offense to another level. Um, the Giants are not there now. The problem is, and Joe Shane and Brian Dable have been have been trapped because 
they also know that right now they don't stand a chance of winning games without Saquon. So they have to keep him um, because if they don't have Saquon, they're going to lose football games. And that reflects poorly on their decisions. Um, And then John Mara loves Saquon Barkley. So it's kind of a really backward line of thinking. Like we, I wish that Saquon was like we just we had just traded for him. Our offense was already good, and he was the last piece of the puzzle, and we could take off running. But instead, we're relying on him to win us football games at times. And why is that unsustainable? Well, you tell me. The running back position is one of the most injured in football. It is the most injured in football, and Saquon has already missed a multiple uh, of games this year, and in the past, he's missed seasons. You know what I mean? That is why we have. You know, it's not why, but it's a reason why this offense has struggled at times. Um, And he's capable of doing things that not many other players can do. And that's what makes him so special. And and it really hurts me, Anthony, to see a player of this magnitude get wasted behind a Giants offensive line, behind a Giants unit that just can't get going. Um, The passing game, if we had a good passing game, think about what Saquon could have done for this for this team. Um, What he could have done on top of what he's doing. Uh, And and that's what really frustrates me is that like we're wasting his talent. And because of that, and because we're leaning on this, this one player to, to kind of like rise up and carry us at times, it's put us in a pretty tough spot. And do I want to trade Saquon Barkley? No, I don't think anyone wants to trade Saquon Barkley. But this offense isn't – we're not winning a championship anytime soon, and I'm not sure that we ever will. Um, you know, not not that not with Saquon, but I don't know if Daniel Jones can be a championship-winning quarterback. I don't know if our offensive line can get there. I don't know if Mike Kafka can call plays at that level. I just don't know if we're, if we're going to get there over the next couple years. And if you can sit here and tell me that you think this team has a really good chance of winning, then sure, like keep – keep Saquon and whatever, but like thinking long-term, is it better to trade Saquon Barkley? Is it better to get assets now while he still has value and he's still 26 years old and can help a team and, and, you know, maybe you get a mid round selection for him, you know, maybe it's worth it. But if you ask Joe Shane and Brian Dable, probably going to tell you, he's one of the only reasons we actually remain competitive offensively right now. And I think they're thinking more so about their jobs than anything else. They're probably like, if we lose a lot of games, we might lose our jobs, and Saquon Barkley helps us win games. So I don't know. It kind of feels like it's like they're trapped. Um, obviously, you love Saquon, great dude. He's an asset to the team. I just wish we weren't wasting his talent right now in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean the Giants have been wasting their talents, but also the Giants have been in positions to win games where Saquon Barkley hasn't been on the field. I mean he's missed a lot of games throughout his career, and when you're looking at the running back position, as you mentioned, Alex, the most injury-prone position in football, and also on the Giants, probably the most valuable piece of their team right now on the trade market, right? If you were to take any New York Giants player that's a trade candidate, whether you're talking about Leonard Williams or Dory Jackson or Saquon Barkley, I think those are the three that stand out as the most tradable pieces, Saquon Barkley is definitely the most valuable player. So we talk about the new the running back position being injury prone, and we also talk about it being devalued, but Saquon Barkley is the Giants running back, and he's also their most valuable trade asset. So it's up to the team whether they want to build for the future, or if they feel like Saquon Barkley can still be part of their future plans. Now, if you trade Saquon Barkley away, what can you get for him? I think that at the most, you're getting a second round pick, but realistically, it's probably a third or a fourth, right? You look at the Giants, they traded a third round pick for Darren Waller tight end also not the most valuable position in football an injury prone player in Waller as well but he fit a huge need for them a third round pick sounded about right for Darren Waller maybe a steal on the side of the Giants if you think more carefully about it but 
at the time third round pick now you look at it probably a good deal for him and that's why I think a similar deal for Saquon Barkley now Saquon Barkley a little bit younger but also the running back position every team has an established starting running back nobody's really seeking a starting running back if they're trading for Saquon Barkley, they're seeking for a superstar who could transform an offense. And that's what the New York Giants have. They have somebody who does transform their offense. Whether you agree with running backs being a focal point of an offense, whether you think that they can make a, that big of a difference, I think that Saquon Barkley has proven time and time again that he makes that big of an impact and that big of a difference when he's on the field for the New York Giants. It's not only about how many touches he gets, how many yards he puts up, and how many touchdowns he scores. A lot of it also has to do with the fact that he can block in pass protection. There was a big play in last week's game um, where Tyrod Taylor almost got sacked, but uh, Saquon Barkley made a very nice pass protection play, blocked an incoming blitzer, gave Tyrod Taylor an, a little bit of extra time in the pocket so he could survey the field and make a throw downfield and we've seen Saquon Barkley do that numerous times before also the other key factor for Saquon Barkley here that's not about him holding the football it's the fact that when he's on the field defenses take notice defenses play the Giants completely differently you're going to see more loaded boxes which leads to more downfield shots and better pass protection so there's a lot of different variables at play here and it's not just about can Saquon Barkley still rush for a thousand yards which of course he can he's still that talented but really with Saquon Barkley what you're talking about is the way that he changes this offense at every single level in terms of pass protection rushing, receiving, and creating more downfield shots for his teammates. Saquon Barkley is a very valuable player for the New York Giants. But all that being said, he is a running back, and a lot of teams in the NFL, top teams in the NFL, get by with backup running backs as starters, essentially, or rookies on rookie deal um, running backs, or guys who are making way less than the, the the output of production that they're putting onto the field. So why do the New York Giants need a Saquon Barkley, need that luxury sports car in the backfield rather than your reliable Honda Civic? That's the question that the New York Giants need to answer. Do they need that superstar, that that luxury sports car in their backfield, or do they want to take the assets they can get from him and build towards the future, build through the trenches, build with playmakers in the receiving game? That's what you're talking about when you're trading away Saquon Barkley. You could take that pick that you get for him and you can invest it right into to the offensive line and one could argue that an offensive line is more important than a running back no matter how good the running back is if you have a dominant offensive lineman or at least a solid starter on the offensive line that might have more value to your team in both facets of the game passing and rushing so I do think it's a nuanced conversation, Alex. I don't really know where I stand on it. If the New York Giants were to trade Saquon Barkley, I would be interested and intrigued by it, depending on the return that they got. But I do think there's a lot to be said about how Saquon Barkley affects this team, how the offense runs through him. And I do think that keeping him for the rest of the year is the wise decision. You can always wait till the offseason, tag and trade him. Then you're talking about a much decreased value probably in the return. But that is an option for the Giants if they don't feel ready to move on from him right now. One thing that I am curious to see, though, Alex, is how does Daniel Jones perform when he's back in the lineup with a healthy Saquon Barkley? Now, the last time Daniel Jones was in the lineup and had Saquon Barkley on the field with him, the Giants won against the Arizona Cardinals, put up 31 total points, their highest total of the season. But now for the past couple of weeks, Tyrod Taylor has been in the lineup while Daniel Jones 
nurses his neck injury, and also Saquon Barkley has been in the lineup. Tyrod Taylor's been playing well. The offense has made a lot of progress, has looked a lot better, and so you wonder, is that all Tyrod Taylor? Is that all Saquon Barkley? Is it a combination of both? What is the contributing variable here? So I'm curious to see how Daniel Jones performs when he's back in the lineup with Saquon Barkley playing alongside him. I'm curious to, to ask you, Alex, what you think about that. How do you think that Saquon Barkley's presence in the lineup can kind of change the narrative on this quarterback conversation and help bolster uh, the play of Daniel Jones when he is healthy to return? I mean, Saquon Barkley helps everyone for a number of reasons. Um, of course, as I mentioned, absolute asset. You know, I wish it was different circumstances that we had a talent of his magnitude. It just sucks to watch it waste. Uh, but what can you do for this offense? Well, it's pretty It's pretty obvious, right? When Saquon Barkley's on the field, defense have to account for him. You can't let you can't just let Matt Breda beat you. You you know defense are like, "All right, Matt Breda, come and beat us. Gary Brightwell, come and beat us. Eric Gray, come we're not scared of you. Uh we're not going to stack the box against you. We'll just sit back in coverage, we'll bite on the routes, and we'll have help over the top and bam, like it's 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 easy, you know? When you have Saquon Barkley, he can turn what is a negative play into a 50-yard run, into a touchdown, into a first down, whatever it might be. You have to allocate eyes and multiple sets of them. So, you know, you're looking at a linebacker. You're looking at a safety. You're looking at uh, edge rushers. They're all keeping their eyes on Saquon Barkley and not on the quarterback and not on Daniel Jones. And when you have eyes looking at the running back position, you don't have eyes looking at the quarterback position. And that allows Daniel Jones to find his targets because he tends to stare down his receivers. Now, with that being said, if a linebacker and your, your play action with Saquon Barkley, those linebacker eyes are probably looking in the direction of Saquon and not Daniel Jones. So, you know, you're, you're probably going to get away with some routes that should have been undercut and may not have been because the attention is being allocated differently. Uh, the play action opens up completely because those linebackers bite down. You can hit them over the top of the second level. Those seam routes, you know, Darren Waller, those crossing concepts, that's where you're going to see, uh, you know, Daniel Jones have a lot of success. Uh, Saquon Barkley opens up a lot, right? Like he, he really does. And you know, what I need, what we need to see is Saquon Barkley and this offensive line. That's what we really need to see. We need to see Andrew Thomas back. We need to see John Michael Schmitz back and we need to see, you know, what happens on the right side. And I don't know if Evan Neal is going to play, but Andrew Thomas back alone, you can manipulate the pocket just with Andrew Thomas available, right? If he's available, you can have, you can reset the pocket. You can move up to the left side. You can use slide protections. You can help yourself. You can help Daniel Jones buy time in the pocket um, and give him that extra split second to find a receiver downfield. What I think is that Tyrod Taylor did a really good job maneuvering around the pocket when there really wasn't any and there was a lot of pressure. He had really good uh, pocket awareness. And, you know, Daniel Jones has gotten better in that regard. Uh, but I do think that ultimately... If all if all cylinders are firing, Daniel Jones has the most upside here. He has the potential to be a much better player uh, than Tyrod Taylor. That's not to say that I don't appreciate what Tyler what Tyrod just did for us, which is a lot. You know, he really kind of came in and, and saved our butts at times. So what I will say is that Saquon Barkley on the field is going to make Daniel Jones better. The offensive line getting healthier is going to make Daniel Jones better. But my main concern is how much better, right? Like how, what version of Daniel Jones are we going to get on a weekly basis? Because I have to say at times I get concerned that we get a different DJ every week, you know? And, and maybe that's because he's losing players. Maybe that's because Saquon's not healthy. Maybe that's because, uh, you know, the offensive line is unhealthy. But, you know, 
I, I find that if Saquon goes down, our passing attack should at least still remain competent to a degree. And for some reason, Saquon going down is devastating. Like it is the it affects our passing attack so much that it concerns me. Um, you know, that's really where I get like, okay, you know what? Like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh reliance on the running back position to elevate this offense. And that shouldn't be the case. That should be the last thing you include is the running back position. It should be the passing attack should be sustainable without Saquon Barkley being there um that's where you start to add in the last element the last piece of the puzzle of a star running back like for example what the 49ers did um with of course um you know christian mccaffrey you know look at what miami does uh you have obviously a phenomenal group of receivers there in jalen waddle and tyree kill and then you have raheem moster and david a chain and they're just freak athletes and miami's actually going through a process right now where they're realizing they're getting beat by more physical clubs. Like, they're just losing because they're not the most physical on the field. They are a speed, athletic team. Um, and they can win any single game, like any given day. But they got beat up by the Eagles a little bit because they just were out-muscled. And the Eagles, I mean, they have a dominant run game. But you watch what Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown have. I want the Yan- the Giants to have that so badly. I want the Giants to have a receiver where Daniel Jones can say, screw it, go, like, here you go, buddy. Double coverage, I know he's coming down with it. Throw it up there, he's coming down with it. Um, and he doesn't, you know, I-, I think Waller could be that, but at times I don't think Daniel Jones trusts himself to make those throws, um, especially with the offensive line crumbling. Sometimes he kind of gets a little nervous, a little happy feet like Eli did at the end of his career. He gets a little nervous and his eyes drop. You know what I mean? Instead, he's looking downfield trying to find guys and then he starts to feel that pressure and because of the repetitive hits, the constant pressure over years, he's developed some bad habits as anyone would. I don't blame him. Our offensive line has been so bad. What do you expect? Um, And those habits... That one of those habits is that when he starts to feel the pressure, his eyes go from downfield to the sticks. And that's where defenses are realizing if they just hold the line at the sticks and they bite down on those routes, they can turn the ball over or force incompletions. So um, what I would love the Giants to do, give Danny that pocket. Let him get in a rhythm, get that comfortability like you did against Arizona in that second half. And he can keep his eyes downfield because when Danny has his eyes downfield and he's able to scan and feel comfortable – He's he's a really good quarterback. Like he can do it. He can he can make the plays. He can be a great player for us. But the problem is when he's when he gets into those bad habits and it, it, the, the the switch flips pretty quickly with him when he gets into a bad habit when he starts to get under pressure and the old stuff starts to come up. It starts to get worse and worse as games go on sometimes. Um, and then he and then he goes he turns into the old Daniel Jones and that's where I get a little bit concerned is like where he needs where he is going to excel. People need to step up around him. The offensive line needs to step up, and we can see the best of him. But again, I don't know many other quarterbacks that can, I mean, really can uh, uh, operate this offensive line, this offense at a high level with the group that we have. Tyrod was better, but guys, we scored 14 points and nine points in, in those two games. It's not like we were running all over the field and scoring points. We failed, you know, to do stuff. And that's not to say that we didn't have a couple of really good drives and got stopped on the one yard line and didn't score. And you know, Saquon fumbles in the red zone. Um, we did those things, you know, like you know, those things happen, and it's part of football. But but, you know, we didn't score that many points. So there's a lot left to happen in this offense. Uh, but, you know, Anthony, when you're looking at how Daniels can get better, what do you think the reliance on Saquon is? Do you think it's more about the offensive line? Or do you think it's it's a blend? And Or maybe do you think Saquon Barkley has more of an impact? 
I think Saquon Barkley makes an impact. The offensive line clearly makes an impact as well. I would say that in terms of factors that have held Daniel Jones back throughout his career, I would say that the absence of a solid offensive line has been more impactful than the um, absence of Saquon Barkley due to injury. I think that if if Daniel Jones had an elite offensive line, like a Philadelphia Eagles-level offensive line in front of him for the past five seasons, he would be a much different player and a much more differently talked-about player than he is right now because he would be a lot better, and he would have a lot more opportunities to take deep shots and make big plays. You know, And that's kind of where you can have the argument and the debate should the Giants be investing into Saquon Barkley or should they be investing into an offensive lineman, right? You can take that money that you invest into Saquon, that 10 plus million per year, get yourself at least an average quality starting offensive lineman and which one would be more impactful for you? That's the big time question that I think that the Giants will face when they get to this offseason and they decide how they're going to build and construct their roster for the future. And I think that's why there was even a discussion over Saquon Barkley being a tradable asset for the Giants, because if they do trade him, that could be a way to reinvest in the offensive line. So when you're asking me how I think that Daniel Jones benefits from Saquon, all the things I said earlier, he every quarterback would benefit from having a playmaker like that in their backfield. But I do think that they would benefit significantly more from having an elite offensive line in front of them. But Alex, before we wrap, now we know that the New York Giants don't plan on trading Saquon Barkley. But who are some of the other players on your mind that they could maybe trade before this trade deadline rolls around? You know, there are some other assets, whether it's maybe Leonard Williams, who I know we discussed last week. I don't think they should trade Leonard Williams, but maybe Adoree Jackson, maybe some other guys on expiring deals. Darnay Holmes is also one that I think you could keep a close eye on. He's kind of one of those low-key players that the Giants wouldn't get a whole lot for, but is a guy who could make an impact on a team where cornerback play around the NFL is pretty suspect right now and Darnay Holmes having a little bit of an experience and still being a young and moldable player some team might be willing to take a, a flyer on him for a low draft pick but who are some of the other names that come to mind and stand out to you as uh, tradable pieces for the Giants ahead of the deadline um, well if the Giants win this upcoming weekend I could pretty much guarantee we're not trading anybody uh, but if we lose and we're two and six I mean you know call me crazy Leonard Williams stands out as a guy that I think another other teams would like. I mean, he's picking up his game. He's looking really good. Another team looking for an interior pass rusher, defensive end. I mean, he fits the bill, and he's still very good. So, you know, we'll take on the money. It's already paid for. You know, just give us a mid-round pick for him, and, you know, you can have a above-average pass rusher that can really help fuel a playoff run. I think that's that's reasonable. Adore Jackson, too. Dude, what we saw from Trey Hawkins last week, people are not talking about enough. He was very solid. Cordell Flott, very solid. This team can afford to lose Dora Jackson right now, in my opinion, because one, he's not a long-term piece. The Giants aren't winning the Super Bowl this year, guys. I think we can all pretty much agree with that. Um, but I will say right now, the future is Deontay Banks, who is who should be going up against CB uh, against WR ones. Uh, Anthony, that's my take right now. I want to see Banks go up against top receivers. That is where he's going to learn the most. Um, going up against the top talents, Terry McLaurin. He had a pretty solid game. He gave a couple big big catches, but otherwise he was good. Um, I think that I, I really like what I saw from Banks. Had an interception, really solid. Uh, Hawkins had the highest coverage grade on the team last week, and he was good. So. In my opinion, I'm looking. I'm looking to the youth here. I, I think that Adore Jackson's a guy that I'd be willing to trade to a team that might be looking for another cornerback, maybe some support. Uh, so that's that's an option. You know, Darnay Holmes. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, I, I don't know who would really want him or what they'd be willing to give for him. Maybe a late round pick. But you know, I guess might as well offload him at this point. You could just go with Bobby McCain at worst case scenario. Um, who else? Uh, Xavier McKinney. I mean, I don't think that the Giants are going to be giving. Saquon a long-term deal so they're probably going to tag him again if I had to guess that would mean that Xavier McKinney would have to get a long-term deal not sure if they're going to give him one I, I like Xavier McKinney a lot I think he's a good player 
but he's not like this game changing um like kind of catalyst on this team. I don't really get that sense from him. I don't think he's like a superstar. I don't even think he's at star yet. I think he's slightly above average. He's a slightly above average safety. Do you want to play a slightly above average safety star money? You know, you can you can answer that. Maybe some people do. Um I I'm I'm indifferent right now. I I would be I would be fine with it if they paid him. I'd be like, "Okay, you know what? I like Xavier McKinney. I'm good with that." If they didn't pay him, I'd be like, "Okay, you know what?" Like, I'm also okay with that. I think that's where I'm at with Xavier McKinney. So maybe you don't trade him. Maybe you wait to see how he finishes the season and then make that determination. Um, what do you think about that? Because McKinney's one of those guys. I know he, you're a big fan of his, and I am too. But I just don't think he's at star status. I don't want to pay him star money um, if, we aren't sure, if we aren't sure about him just yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still on the fence as to whether or not I want to pay Xavier McKinney, but the Giants are going to have to make a decision on that before the offseason rolls around because they can only franchise tag one player. I think that McKinney is a guy who makes a lot of sense to play on a franchise tag next year, get one more year to prove himself, but they're probably going to have to tr- franchise tag Saquon Barkley if they don't get a deal done, so it's really reliant on Saquon Barkley what happens to Xavier McKinney in my mind, but what's it with Xavier McKinney, you know, you said there, you think he's just an above average player, he's not a star. Personally, I think he has star potential, but other factors have held him back. I don't even know if he's the best fit for the Wink Martindale defense. Like He is a very um, versatile player who plays a lot of different roles, but I know that a lot of Giants fans have wanted him to play that centering free safety role. I always thought that he would have been better as a box safety. Somebody who plays a lot of man coverage gets down into the box um, and lines up against tight ends and slot receivers like he did for Alabama in college. So it's been interesting to see the Giants usage of Xavier McKinney for the past several years. I thought that his best year was when he was with Patrick Graham um, and he had those five interceptions. And yes, they used him as a centering free safety, but he was down in the box a lot making plays. So it's really up to the Giants and whether they think that he's a fit long-term for what Wink Martindale wants to do here with his defensive system. Um, but so far, it seems like they've struggled to figure out what to do with Xavier McKinney. And he also hasn't had the best players playing around him, which really affects you in the secondary especially. I feel like it's very rare that you see an NFL secondary have just one good player and everybody else is bad because usually that all those bad players pretty much just drag down that one good player because of missed assignments, blown coverages, and a lack of an opportunity to make proper plays. I think that just the secondary, the defensive backfield in an NFL defense, all those players are very reliant on each other to play well. So I think that Xavier McKinney could be a star in the right system with the right players around him. But because safeties are so reliant on other players, he's not a star yet. But I do think that star potential is there, and it is something that the Giants might want to invest in with a long-term contract. But like you said, if the Giants got a nice trade offer for Xavier McKinney, if they were to get a mid-round pick, a high-to-mid-round pick, I think you probably strongly consider it just because you don't know what you have in him. You don't know how he fits in your defense, and you don't know what you're going to do this offseason in terms of paying him versus paying Saquon Barkley and some of the other free agents still available. But like I said, I don't think they should trade Leonard Williams. I think that Leonard Williams should still be um, on this team by the end of the year, and I think that they should extend him and probably prioritize extending him over some of these other players because Leonard Williams, his contract is going to go down in price now that he's older and this deal is expiring, but he's still playing at a very high level, and he does a whole lot to... Um, help other guys around him like Kayvon Thibodeau playing better now that Leonard Williams is playing better and of course Dexter Lawrence has always played great alongside um, Leonard Williams so I just think that he's a player that I wouldn't trade at this deadline and I would actually look to extend in the offseason but there's a lot of options for the New York Giants there's some players that we probably didn't even mention that could get traded and maybe they'll make a trade for somebody who knows maybe they win this upcoming game against the Jets and they decide let's go get another piece and try and win some more games this season I don't really know if that would be the wisest decision in 
my opinion, it wouldn't. But we'll see what the Giants decide. And of course, we'll update you on any trades and trade rumors about the New York Giants right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one. And let's go Giants.